Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Homeland Park Baptist Church. We're on our second half of the New Jerusalem found in Revelation chapter 21. At this point, evil has been banished from the world, and it's time for all believers in Jesus Christ to receive their heavenly rewards. The best reward always motivates us to work towards receiving them, don't they? Whether it be, I remember in high school, we worked in the weight room to get shirts that would say how much we bench pressed with our school's mascot on it. Uh, and so we all the pain that went into getting those, or sometimes we just worked so we could get a paycheck so that we could have food on our table and provide for our family. Sometimes we uh, practice an instrument or a sport, or sometimes we just do what we have to to endure to get something that we're hoping to get. And that's what we all do here on earth. We continue to serve, we continue to stand, and we continue to struggle and persevere for the heavenly reward that we are looking at today. And it is absolutely beautiful. Our reward will be a place to dwell with God and those that he redeemed. And a place that cannot be described in words as we read Revelation. Words seem inept. They seem empty in describing the majesties that are there. But you be the judge as we read God's word this morning. How many of y'all like to go places? Oh yeah, we like to go places. Every now and then I'll um, just kind of book a place and surprise Donna. Maybe it's just for overnight or uh, sometimes we'll go to like areas around here, just a quick trip. And I know as soon as I send her the information, she's going to that website. She's looking at all the amenities. She's looking at what the weather's going to be, what we need to pack. And she has got it all ready to go. All I got to do is send the link is taken care of because she loves going on trips that much. And I, and I love it also when we can get away. And the thing is, is that as we look at this place that we're going to, look at this as the uh, Airbnb app of the Bible of where your eternal home is going to be. If you don't know what Airbnb is, it's you can Google all the amenities that are in heaven. And you Google it right here in God's Word. You search for it in God's Word and it gives you just a glimpse of what that is. So we resume in our study of New Jerusalem at verse 9 of chapter 21. And what we see here is that the, Jeruz- the New Jerusalem will be a place of awe and beauty. Have you ever been in awe of something just where you are, you look at it and almost you're literally, your mouth just drops open. You can't believe how beautiful that is. That's what we're looking at here, as an angel gives a greater description of heaven. In other words, heaven in high definition. There's one thing about some of you still in your houses have those, what they call CRT televisions, uh, the the square boxes that are about a million pounds. And, um, you know, you may have a remote for it, but yet some of you say the picture works. I don't need to change the preacher. But then some of you have upgraded to flat screens, and some of you don't even watch TV at all. And God bless your heart. I wish I could do that, but I need, I need some TV every now and then. But the truth of the matter is, is that the TVs from yesteryear and the TVs of today are like night and day. Back in the old days, you could barely make out what the person was wearing, even what they looked like. And nowadays, you can see the freckles on their nose. 
It is amazing. It's that high definition. And so as we look at the Bible and as we read these things, I want you not to envision it as the old televisions we used to look at or as like many children and adults do now. They, they don't know television because all they're doing is looking at the screens on their phones and on their tablets. But this is as high definition as it gets. In verse 9 it says, Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come with me and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Now, when it says it took him in the spirit, that means he may have literally gone to a place or he might have seen the vision of a place. But either way, the angel was communicating to John what this looks like. And so throughout scripture, the church, when I say the church, I don't mean just this building. The building is not the church. You, my friends, the people are the church. And when we see the church here, it's not just Baptist. It is every denomination that proclaims Jesus Christ as Savior Lord. And the only means to heaven and to God is to accept him and to get forgiveness of our sins so that we can be with him forever. That is the church. That is has been referred to time and again in the scriptures as the bride of Christ. And as we discussed last week, there is nothing more beautiful than a bride on her wedding day walking to meet her groom. This holy city, that the New Jerusalem, will literally be the city of God's redeemed and believers that give glory to Him. Now, notice the New Jerusalem came down to us. The New Jerusalem came down from heaven. Folks, we don't have to reach to attain it. It came down to us. There's a big difference in Christianity between having a relationship with Jesus and a religious connection to Jesus. A relationship is one that is active, living, breathing, talking, fellowshipping. But a religious activity is one that is filled with attendance, requirements, living up to standards, and trying to be the best you can in your own strength apart from what Jesus has done for you. My friend, you don't have to be good enough to get up to heaven. Heaven comes down to you if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. As the holy city descends, it comes from the same source that delivered the judgments of the great tribulation. So everybody that said, how can God give out those those judgments during the great tribulation? It's from the same hand and the same God that brings this reward of the new Jerusalem. All of that pain and sorrow is now put away. Never to return. The the heavenly city is literal, but it's called the bride, the lamb's wife, because it is the place where all of God's people are gathered. Next, we see in verses 11 through 14 that the holy city will be our permanent home. Permanent home. Now, I know many of you are, are living in houses that you've been in for a long time. Some of you uh, a real long time. <laughs> Uh, some of you have had multiple houses and may move into another one, but there's just something about when you get those keys to your home, isn't it? There's just there's just that feeling of this is our place. Yeah, it, it's it's a building. It's bricks and sticks and mortars and, and and everything else. But what makes that place a home 
is the people and the family and the memories. Can you just imagine what heaven is going to be like? Not only will you be making new memories, you will have the memories of those that have passed on that will be there as well. And it says this out in verse 11. It's shown with the glory of God, which that's right, folks. It's shown with the glory of God and it sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. The city wall was broad and high with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. And the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. And there were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So when it says here that the city shone with the glory of God, this is the very glory of God. The, the Old Testament called it the Shekinah glory of where when they were in the wilderness and they were setting up the tabernacle and they would make this area called the Holy of Holies where only the priests could go into. And even if the priests went in, if they had any sin in their lives, they would be killed instantly because God cannot withstand sin. And so this great Holy, I mean, to look at God in our state right now, it would kill us. No one can look at God. If some of you that are a little older kind of remember the old Indiana Jones movie where they opened the Ark of the Covenant and these three men thinking they're going to have all the power in the world, all of a sudden they just melt right there. That was the coolest thing when I was a kid. I was like, whoa. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's all right. But the truth of the matter is, is that although that was Hollywood and that was somebody making up a, a, a story, the truth of the matter is, is that when we see God in his fullness and his glory, we as humans in the state that we are in cannot see this without dying. That is why Jesus Christ came to live and walk among this earth. John equated the glory of God with a precious stone of jasper to indicate how radiant the light was. And so as you pick apart those few verses, those of you that are into building and, and measurements and, and how the process of building a house, maybe you'll kind of catch this, but there's walls and there's gates and there's a foundation. Everything you need to build something, right? Walls, gates, and a foundation. The descriptions of all these aspects give the picture of something that is permanent. There are no temples made of tents and poles here. The city that will be broad and high illustrates that while there will be no need for protection, there will be an admission process. The walls and the gates are not there to protect those that are in heaven, but it is to keep out those that do not belong there that rejected Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life will be allowed entrance. The structure is protected by gates built on 12 stone foundations. Now these foundations are representative of the 12 nations of Israel. Again, there's, there's significance in numbers, folks. The foundation... The twelve, representing the twelve tribes of Israel. 
Then we see the foundation stones of the twelve apostles. So again, now we see the foundation stones give honor to the disciples that followed Jesus. We will not have to worry about saying, oh, I'm sorry, I meant to tell you that there will be another place I am sending you after this. This is not the, the, the gap stop to go somewhere else. This is home. This is the final place. This is where we stay. And some of you think, well, I don't know about staying in one place forever. That would kind of drive me nuts. Folks, it's heaven. It will always be a new adventure, a new opportunity, a life without sin. You will no longer be selfish. You will no longer try to get what is yours. You will be there to worship God. And it's not going to be a bunch of cloud-hopping angels strumming harps and singing hymns. That is not heaven. That is that is what the world tries to depict it as. But it is going to be a high definition, resurrected earth with things to do, places to go, people to see, and a God to enjoy for the rest of eternity. When we get to the New Jerusalem, we will be home. And as Dorothy said, there's no place like home. Then we see in verses 15 through 17, John describes the physical layout of the New Jerusalem. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates and its walls. When he measured it, he found it was a square as wide as it was long. Some scholars believe that that is a model based or the Holy of Holies was a square area in the temple Divided by these huge, thick uh, curtains. So they believe that it was modeled after this, that, that heaven, the New Jerusalem, would be a square, equal on all sides. Some believe it could be a square or maybe even a, a pyramid shape. All the sides are equal. The size of the New Jerusalem is enormous. If you take all the measurements that they give there, roughly it's 1,400 miles square. It is the same distance from Maine to Florida. So there will be plenty of room. This would mean that the square footage would approximately be the size of the moon. John is sure to describe the New Jerusalem as beautiful and have more than enough space for everyone. And just a side note, you've heard this a lot, especially at funerals. In John 14:2, in the King James Version, You will have heard this. It says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I am going to prepare a place for you. I remember when I was a uh, in college and we took a spring break trip, me and four of my college buddies. And we went to see because we had stars in our eyes and we thought we were going to make it in the Christian music world. And a boy. We were just having fun. And one of our friends used to live there. So we went looking at all the stars houses. We saw Ronnie Millsap's house. We saw Randy Travis's house. We saw Minnie Pearl's house. Remember her? Three of you. We saw all of these houses. Mansions. People normally think of something like on the screen here, of something that is on some type of ocean or on some huge piece of land. And, you know, God just going to give me my mansion when I get into heaven. But the truth of the matter is, is that you see here that this new Jerusalem is going to be a set set amount of size. And mansion, another word for mansion is room. 
So I don't know what we're going to have in heaven, but I don't know. Does that kind of look like what some, I mean, the way God modeled us being servants and the way God modeled his goodness to us. Hey, if we have something like that, praise the Lord. But we don't need to serve the Lord because we think we're going to get rich in the end. We need to serve the Lord because we love him. And we know that if we serve him and we accept Jesus Christ, there will be in this new Jerusalem that is described here, there will be a room for you and for me who claim Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. And then more details of beauty emerge in verses 18 through 21. It says the wall was made of jasper and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. The wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first was jasper. I believe that's clear. The second was sapphire, which was blue. The third was agate, which is a greenish blue. The fourth was emerald, which of course is green. The fifth is onyx, which is white and brown. The sixth was carnelian, which was blood red. The seventh was chrysolite, which was yellow. The eighth was beryl, which was green. Then there was topaz. Then there was creophase. And then there was jacinth and amethyst. And I'm not sure what those colors were, but I know that they were beautiful. Some of you, I can see now, boy, I'd like to have some diamonds with those in that. That'd make a good set of earrings. But I'm telling you what, in heaven, these beautiful, uh, these beautiful gems, they're accessories. They're, they're just decorations for something that is much more beautiful. It says in 21, the 12 gates were made of pearls. That's where you get the pearly gates from, amen? The 12 gates were made of pearls, each from a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold. As clear as glass. Isn't that amazing? We treasure gold today. And, and people trade gold. People put their money in gold. You see commercials of don't play the stock market. Don't invest in the bank. Buy gold. You know, everything is gold. In Fort Knox, there is the gold that our country owns. Gold is beautiful. I guarantee you, if I give Donna something gold, she will love it. Because it's beautiful. Any of y'all not like gold? Gold is beautiful. It is a rare commodity. It is priceless. It is costly. It is a gift of love. But in heaven it's used for asphalt, my friends. That gives us a little bit of... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Some perspective on heaven. Though the gemstones are mentioned... The point is not to give some type of monetary value or luxury, but to point out the absolute glory of God. And the fact that glass is mentioned several times here in the description of heaven could mean we know that there's not going to be a sun. We know that there's not going to be a moon. We are not going to need those light sources because God's light, his radiance will light up everything. I think is going to be a beautiful, beautiful sight. Maybe like the glass cathedral that uh, that was built uh, some time ago. Was it Robert Schuller that had that? The, the glass cathedral? Has anybody ever been there? I used to know people that have gone there. They say it's absolutely beautiful. It's a, a huge sanctuary built out with nothing but glass. I'd, had, <laughs> I'd hate to be the glass cleaner on that. But the truth of the matter is, that even pales comparison to what heaven's going to be. 
And if it's hard for you right now, look, I know I'm getting that glazed look from some of you. If it's hard to com- comprehend all that is being communicated here and you can't see the new Jerusalem in your mind, then my friends, you are in a good place because God is the architect and we should expect heaven to be beyond our expectations. If heaven is a place I can figure out, I don't want to go there. I want it to be something that is mysterious, that is beautiful. Oh, you mean I get this, and I get this, and this, and we get to do this, and I get to see this person, and I get to do this with this person, I get to do this for you? Man, this is better than I even imagined. I don't want to serve a God that I can figure out. I don't want to serve a God that I don't have any great expectations from because I think that I know everything. Is that frustrating? Absolutely. I cannot stand it when I don't understand what God is doing. But I know that He is good. And I know that whatever is awaiting us is better than we can even comprehend. Again, these words cannot only begin to touch the surface of the glory that it's going to be. Then verses 22 through 23. The temple is no longer a building or a structure. It says in verse 22, I saw no temple in the city. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple, and the city has no need for the sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. Sometimes I wonder, what if we want to sleep? can't sleep when the light's shining. When I was a kid, I never wanted to sleep in the dark, but once I got used to sleeping in the dark, that's pretty nice, isn't it? But the truth of the matter is, who says we're even going to need sleep in heaven? When we're in heaven, we're not going to have the curse that God placed upon this earth that says you're going to have to work and you're going to have to struggle for everything that you get. By the sweat of your brow, you will be able to to continue. But in heaven, the sweat equity is gone. It's just serving and it's loving. And if there's a time for rest, he will give us a time of rest. If it's a time for serving... He'll give us a time to serve. If it's a time to worship, He'll give us worship. And if it's time to enjoy one another, we will enjoy one another. Under the old covenant of worship, God would dwell in the Holy of Holies, located in the temple I mentioned just a moment ago. But there will be no need for a temple in New Jerusalem because God and Jesus will be everywhere. In the Old Testament, the temple foretold of Jesus the Messiah. In the New Testament, Jesus was the temple. Remember, he said, when you destroy this temple, it will rise again in three days. And it did. In Revelation, the temple was a memorial to Jesus. And now in the new earth, the temple is everywhere, just like radio waves. We can't see them, but it is just everywhere. And no need for the sun or the moon. Heaven will be a place of pure worship without glitches and without interruptions. No building issues, no malfunctioning sound systems, no power outages, no need to call the maintenance guy. Everything's going to work. It's going to be perfect. In heaven, none of our joy, beauty, or knowledge will be based on created things, but only the Creator. I mean, think about it. When we describe things that are beautiful, we talk about Things that we see every day, just like the other day, uh, yesterday, matter of fact, Donna, bless her heart, we were sitting there, we were driving home, we were just about home. She said, you know what, this sure has been a nice day. We're driving around with the windows down, it's nice weather, everything's great. 
And I thought, you know what? You're right, Donna. She hadn't just got it out of her mouth that a raindrop hit the windshield. Then another one. Then another one. And before you knew it, it was raining. So I told Donna she cursed us. But the truth of the matter is, is that she did not curse us. God evidently knew that we needed that rain. But yeah, just some days. Have you ever just been in your vehicle or been somewhere with your family or just even somewhere by yourself? And you say, oh, yeah. How can someone believe that there is no God? Maybe you're on the beach and you see the waves coming in with the toes in the sand. Maybe you're at the majestic mountains. Or maybe you're just looking in the face of somebody you love. We need to remember that right now we base beauty on created things. But in heaven, beauty will come from our Creator. The sun and the moon will not be needed because Jesus will provide the light. And finally, in verses 24 through 27, we see that believers will have access to God and His city. I'll never forget, it's probably several years ago, maybe five or six years ago, and uh, we had some door issues, so we had to rekey some locks and get some new doors. And we knew that that would be a painstaking process because all of a sudden, people that had a key, that key didn't work anymore. And some people were quite offended that their key didn't work anymore. So you know what we did? We gave them a new key. But the truth of the matter is, is when you get your key and you put it in the door you've always used and all of a sudden it changes, there's like, oh no, what's going on? And folks, here's the thing. Our key to heaven is Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. And if we don't have the right key, we will not get in. It says in verse 24, The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day, because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Folks, we do not know exactly who the kings of this world that entered the city are, but likely they are rulers that stood for Christ during the Great Tribulation. But really it's a mystery. Again, there will be no night in heaven because God will be the light. Light is a representation of what is good. What is pure and what is holy and darkness represents something that is sinful and evil. Just like you, you may turn lights on at night to dissuade thieves from coming by your house, folks, because darkness is scattered by light. Like being submerged in a warm bath, God's light will envelope us and hold us. And the city will be completely without sin and evil. We will be able to worship God. So again, as we have gone through chapter 21, we have seen how beautiful this is. And there is nothing that comes close to this. But what is the aha moment here as we end our time here today? What is the thing that we come away with this? Now, every one of these verses, we could have done a deep dive and been here for 20 more weeks. We could take, we could take a month on each verse if we wanted to. But to get the so what of this. What is it? Folks, we know this, that access to heaven is not a right, it is a gift. That's all we hear about from people today. I have a right for this. I have a right for that. 
Folks, we do not have a right for heaven. We are not entitled for heaven just because we were created by God. We get heaven because it is a gift of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. But if you want to get to this place that we've discovered in the book of Revelation, we have to get through the border. Now, I'm not going to get on the sidetrack of border control because that that is not what we're talking about here. But we know that there are gates and there are walls. Not everyone will be allowed into the new Jerusalem. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So don't you think that you will get in because your self-perceived goodness or religious background or God-like behavior, folks? The things that we do will not get us into heaven is what we've done with Jesus Christ. And my biggest, greatest fear, hear, hear me, church, my biggest, greatest fear is that there will be people like you and I that are in churches, that have been in churches ever since they can remember, that have had a religious duty of going and doing things, but never never really having a right relationship with God, never thinking that they needed Jesus, never thinking that they had any sin in their life, never thinking that they had to love God and love others. Folks, we need to make sure that we are right with God because eternal life is available to you due to what Jesus and the Lamb has done. Those that are young, they think that they have the rest of their life to worry about heaven. And many senior adults I've seen run towards it. How beautiful yet heartbreaking is it to see a senior adult saying, Preacher, I'm ready to go. I can't get there fast enough. And at the same time, seeing young persons and teenagers not wanting to, not wanting to go, not wanting, they've still got stuff they need to do. The truth is, no one knows the time, the day, or the hour when their chance to trust Jesus will be over. So today may be it. So my prayer for you today is to trust Jesus today to secure your citizenship into the new Jerusalem. Give him your life and watch what he will do today, tomorrow, and for eternity.